This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello, and welcome to this virtual qualification recording of Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous FA. I am a food addict from Rochester, New York, and I will share my story of recovery from food addiction. I came into this program 12 years ago at the age of 55, and I could tell you that I was a much different person then than when I was younger. You know, if I were to give you a snapshot of my life when I was like 17, 18 years old, you know, I would paint a picture of somebody that was literally on top of the world in every dimension of his life. I was from a physical dimension. I was 5'10", 175 pounds. I was very active. I played football for the high school football team. My lifestyle was active. Mentally, I liked who I was. You know, I actually, when I share my story in meetings, I actually carry a picture of myself in my high school yearbook picture where I actually circled my face and I got an arrow pointing down to it. And I said, look at that handsome son of a gun. No, I liked who I was when I was 17, 18 years old. I was smart. You know, I had National Honor Society regents. I got a scholarship to college. Spiritually too, I was, you know, involved in Catholic church. You know, and I was very conscious, very conscious of the need to do the right thing and go to confession and do penance. Socially, I had a large circle of friends, you know, we're all involved in a whole bunch of wholesome activities. You know, I had a friend, we made movies together, we would submit them in the contest and I was active in the high school theater group and we would do plays and I worked on the school newspaper, wrote articles, I did cartooning. You know, financially, too, I had a little part-time job <laughs> making, you know, make, making enough money to buy myself my first car and getting my own insurance. I had, to, you know, we didn't have a lot of money in my, car, in my family, so I had to do it. If I wanted a car, and I had to get it all on my own. My family I had a good relationship with my family. I had a high school sweetheart, and I had a good relationship with her and my family. You know, so... But if I was a contrast that with a snapshot of my life when I came into this program at 55 years old, you would see a much different person. And I was far from being on top of the world like I was when I was younger. I was somewhere at the bottom. Physically, I was 278 pounds and I was growing. You know, very inactive. You know, my lifestyle was very inactive. My back hurt, my knees hurt, so I didn't do a lot. Mentally, I did not like myself. I hated who was looking back at me in the mirror. You know, I was always comparing myself to others. I was always trying to fit in. And I never felt like I really fit in. You know, spiritually, void. <laughs> no active spiritual life, you know, I was living this self-centered life and judging myself, judging others. Socially, I didn't have a lot of friends. I had friends that were on Xbox. 
I like playing Xbox because virtual reality was better than my real reality. So I like the escape into the virtual world. And that's where my, my, my friends were. Um, financially, I was a wreck, spending a lot of money on food. Family, I was avoiding family functions because I was just too ashamed. I didn't like who I was. I didn't want to be around other people. Now, so that sets the stage for my story. You know, I caught this disease somewhere between those two points in time when I was 17, 18 years old and when I came into this program at 55. You know, I went from this young kid who had a big life and a small body to a, a, a 55-year-old person that had a big body and a small life. I grew up in the city of Rochester, and my family was Italian-American descent, five boys in our family. My parents kept trying for girls, and they finally, for their sanity's sake, they said, the heck with that, enough, enough with, and then we can't put another boy. Food was not an issue in our house. Like, we grew up, we didn't have a lot of money, like I say, so really, food was not an issue. I had loving, strict parents. They maybe probably classified as abusive by today's standards. My, my father was a belt guy. And my mother, her, her method of education was the broomstick. <laughs> so and we would get it, you know, my, and my, you know, my parents, you know, God bless them, you know, they weren't raised in the perfect family and how to, knowing how to raise kids, but you know, they were intent on making sure that us five boys did the right thing. It was important that we did the right thing. And I got caught stealing one time a toy from a store. And I, uh, I got it. And I got, I got caught lying. I was lying to my teacher saying I, I couldn't do my homework because my parents gave me too much work to do at home. And I got it. <laughs> you know, Lady, if I didn't do my chores, I had chores to do. If I didn't do it, I got it. You know, doing the right thing was important. So we had structure, doing the next right thing. And I, I think that's why I was such a happy kid when I was 17, 18 years old. You know, there's benefits to doing the next right thing in life, you know. There's a relationship. But I started losing track and getting into addiction disease. And I lost that happy kid when I got out of my home situation. I went to college because I lost that structure. And I lost that sense of right and wrong. You know, I, I went to college in the 70s. This was like, and it got a DeVita time, right? Um, drugs. So I started doing marijuana and then we would drink alcohol, get into drugs. Started smoking. I swore I would never smoke because my father was a smoker. And my mother, my Italian mother, <laughs> she hated smoking with a passion. My father... I joke, but my, I don't think my father ever enjoyed one cigarette in his life because every time he lit up, my, my mother would be right there. Go ahead, you miserable son of a so-and-so. You're a good influence. <laughs> my father be smoking. But there I was in college smoking, trying to fit in, be cool. And I was chasing girls, even though I had a high school sweetheart. You know, and food a little bit, you know, I had the food plan. I only put on like 10, 15 pounds, but my, my weight was still wasn't a problem. But I started getting off the track. <laughs> you 
and started doing the, I wasn't worried about doing the next right thing in life. And then my, my, my um, high school sweetheart, she wanted to get married. She gave me an ultimatum. She said, you know, either we get married or I'm going to find out another guy. Cause she, you know, she wanted to get out of her house. So we ended up getting married and I was going to school full-time and working full-time. And I worked in production in the dark where they made the photographic paper. And, um, you know, working trick work. And there's, you know, it's like trick work is not good if you're, if you're into addiction because, you know, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, all were like ramped up. I mean, I remember days days where we'd get out of work. We'd work all night. We would get out of work in the morning at eight o'clock in the morning. We'd go open up a bar. We'd drink all day, come home and sleep. And then I would go back in at night. And then, you know, because we were hung over, we started doing speed at work. Somebody would bring in speed, you know, different varieties of speed. So we would do that to stay awake. You know, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. And, um, you know, my wife and I were a part of a van club, and this van club was wild. It was wild times back in the. Um, matter of fact, she, you know, she was my party partner. The, the van club's motto was "Party till you puke." That, that was our motto. You know, and it was just crazy, crazy. I'm like getting off the track more and more. But I had kids. We had kids. And my kids, my kids saved me. My kids saved me because somehow the values that I had growing up kicked in. Doing right mattered now. Doing right mattered for my kids. So I started cleaning up my act. I got off the drugs, got off the alcohol, started doing the next right thing at work. I got a really nice job at work. I started, you know, got got into the training department and was doing some really fun stuff at the, you know, doing some really good things. But as I got better, my, you know, I, my ex, my ex-wife at the time, um, she found a new party partner, you know, and make a long story short, I ended up becoming a single dad. So my daughter was in fourth grade at the time. My son was in second grade and, um, got a divorce. And um, that's when my food addiction kicked in because this is what happened. Uh, I was still smoking at the time of the divorce. And I said, all right, now I got to get rid of these cigarettes. I got to be a good parent. <laughs> you know, Kodak offered this, what was called a smoking cessation seminar put on by the American Cancer Society. And um, it's a five-week thing. And I heard one thing through that whole period. This is a strategy for quitting smoking. You know, this is, this is how you can quit smoking. Whenever you feel you have an urge to smoke, eat. That's what they told me. Whenever you have that urge to smoke, it's, it's eat. Because it, it's, you'll put on some weight, but, you know, it's easier to lose the weight than it's quit smoking. So you, once, you, you know, once you, you know, put on your weight, then you just go on a diet and you lose the weight but you'll be off cigarettes. So I did, I literally tra traded addictions. I went from one prince of evil to another <laughs> and, and got off cigarettes. 
And I had so many bad habits and I passed them on to my kids. I had to make amends to my kids, you know, eating out. I did not pass on good eating habits to my kids, ordering out a lot, going out. It got bad. You know, I just got worse and worse with food. You know, I kind of described my typical day one time, you know, where I would, typical day would be um, where I would, you know, get the kids off to school in the morning. And then on the way to work, I would stop at one of these fast food places and get myself breakfast. And I would make sure I inspected the goodies that they gave me in my breakfast because I would look in the bag and if they were too small, I would send them back. Right? And I would eat them on the way to work and drink my coffee on the way to work, polish it off before I got to work. And then when I got in, you know, usually like five, $6 I'd spend, then I would go out to, when I got to work, people would say, okay, they said, let's go to breakfast. People I work with would say, let's go to breakfast. So I went to breakfast. I get my second breakfast, spend another four or $5 in the cafeteria. All right, and then I would come back to my desk and I had a, I had a, a file, a desk with the filing cabinet drawer. You know, didn't have any files, no papers in it. It was just loaded with food. My joke is that I used to open up that drawer and this ray of light would come out and this music would start playing because all my good stuff was in there, you know. And I had like concoctions and recipes. I would actually make stuff at my desk. And I would, it would cost me money to stock that drawer. Right? Then, um, you know, I'd, I would go to lunch and I never prepared my lunch. My lunch, there was like the cafeteria had a salad bar line, they had a prepared food line, they had a grilled food line, and then they had a sandwich line. You know, the only time I went to the sa sandwich line is if somebody asked me to go to lunch. And I said, oh, no, no, they, they asked me to go to lunch because now I got to go to get a salad and make believe that I'm working on my weight, you know, put on the facade that, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, I'm trying to get better here with my weight. Don't ask me to go to lunch because that's the only time I went to this deadline. I'd spend another seven, eight dollars. And then um, I'd hit the vending machine on the way out to my car and the way to pick up the kids. And I, cause I had to have something to hold me over. I'd get two items out of the vending machine and I would eat them. Cause I had like a three mile ride. <laughs> I have to polish them off. That was to hold me over. Nuts. Then I started smoking again. You know, my addicts, my other addiction is smoking. You know, I ended up taking the kids up to uh, Canada's Wonderland and it's all amusement parks. And they're all rides that I was too fat for the rides or I didn't trust them. So I would, you know, put the kids on the ride and I would go to the exit and wait for them. And um, feeling sorry for myself one time and, you know, there hit me a guy smoking a cigarette right next and I bummed one cigarette. This is after two years of not smoking, I bummed one cigarette and boom, the next day I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day like I had done before, prior. I know that's the nature of my disease. You know, it's, they say it's, it's that first one 
That's why I'm so, that's why I guard my abstinence, you know, because I know that's in my nature. You know, it's like a slippery slope. I take that first one, it's just like, I'll be right back into it. And um, so I'll never forget the look of disappointment in my daughter's face when she came off that ride, she saw that cigarette in my hand. Oh, it's terrible. And then, you know, I, I, the litany of weight loss programs that I tried, you know, all gave me temporary success. Each time I ended up getting a little bit heavier. <laughs> I tried one popular program three times, you know, counted points a couple of times. Then they came out with this point. It was called the core program. I don't have to count points anymore, but the way it worked was here's the food on the list. You could eat as, much, you know, eat as much food as you want on the list, but this is the key. Stop when you're full. That's what they told me. Stop when you're full. For a food addict, there is no full. <laughs> so I might as well just support. I think I paid like $130 for their program. Poured it right down the drain. I tried out everything. Appetite suppressant candy, you know, that comes like in the little Brussels Stover box, you know. It was supposed to suppress my appetite. It didn't. I'd eat like you know four or five, six of these. Joined exercise clubs. There was a bigger, biggest loser contest at work that I ended up winning because I literally I um, fasted. I didn't eat anything for like a month. I didn't eat anything. All I did was smoke and drink coffee. Gadgets on TV I bought. You know about the stair stepper, the thigh master. I actually, I actually bought this, I, I actually shared in meetings. It's a subliminal audio tape. It's called Doorway to the Mind, Self-Hypnosis and Subliminal Learning, Lose Weight. And um, I don't know, just all I would hear was like the, the waves crashing against the shore. And there apparently is some voice in the background saying, oh, you're fat or something like that, you know, but, but I ended up hitting a bottom. Finally, I thought finally the first time, I was standing outside a bakery with a bag of pastries and coffee. And as I was walking back to my car, I just happened to catch the reflection of myself in a window, the storefront window. And I swear I froze in time for like 20 seconds just staring back at this image of myself looking back and there I was holding my my little bag of pastries and holding my cup of coffee. And this wave of sadness just washed over me as I froze. And, and I had this lump in my throat. And it was like, who is that person? You know, where is that 17, 18 year old kid? This is not where I, this is not the life that I should be in. This is not where I belong in this body. You know, and I looked up to the left and what do you think was right there? A sign for a popular weight loss center. And, and I thought, oh, this must be a God's moment. <laughs> I walked in and I started doing that, pro this, pro this other program, not FA. Had a little structure to it. There's two meetings per week. You're going, you had, you know, you weigh yourself twice a week. You had a food plan. 
but the food plan had all these trigger things in there. Like, especially these bars, you'd eat these two bars in between lunch, breakfast and lunch, in between lunch and dinner. And you had to keep like a food log. It would, you know, instead of recording, committing your food plan like we do before, you would write your log around what you ate afterwards. And you would show that to the, 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 the counselor. It was all full of lies. You know, I didn't really, you know, I was eating a lot more than when I was recording. And then that gave them opportunity to sell me all these chemicals like metabolism booster pills and carb absorber pills and vitamins and, and this take this takeoff solution. Every two weeks I would drink this takeoff solution. And it was just clean me out. It's like preparing for a colonoscopy every two weeks. Whoosh. And you know, and I lost 70 pounds in that program. I lost over 70 pounds in that program. <clears throat> but I was looking at a picture of myself. <clears throat> picture of myself with four of us were on, that I was playing golf with. And um, when I was looking at the picture, I was comparing myself to everybody else in that picture. I was less than that person. That, that person had a much fuller life. That person was dressed better. That person was a lot smarter and wittier. They all had good lives. The, the three of those people, they all had good lives. And my life stunk. You know, and I, I remember thinking myself when I looked at that picture, I'm thin, but so what? You know, we say in this program, thin is not well. That's what I remember. My life stunk. You know, and the analogy is I use, I was like a stinky ball of cheese wrapped up in cellophane. I look good on the outside, but I still stunk on the inside. You know, thin is not well. So finding FA. Um, I found FA. It was actually in another popular program at the time at work. And there was this woman I worked with who lost weight, was looking good. And I happened to go up to her and I said, you know, you're looking good. What are you doing? She said, well, I'm doing this thing called FA. And she put her hand on my shoulder and she says, but. It's a spiritual program, but it's a spiritual program. It's like, oh, it's like this prince of evil had too firm of a grip on me for me to want to do anything relative to a spiritual program. I said, back off, lady. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with that. But about a year later, the, our HR person at work, you know, she was big and she lost weight. She ended up being transformed to the most beautiful woman in the building. She had this glow about her. I said, boy, what are you doing? And she says, I'm doing this thing called FA. I said, oh, I heard about that. I don't want nothing to do with that. And she said, the five magic words that saved me. You know, this, the five magic words saved me. She said, just go to a meeting. Just go to a meeting. There's a meeting tonight. Just check it out. You know, she told me where the meeting was. That's, that's how they say don't lead with the spiritual card. We read that in the big book, you know. So I somehow God gave me enough open-mindedness, enough willingness to say, yeah, well, let, me, let me check out the meeting. And I, have no, I had no idea what to expect because I had no 12-step experience prior to this. You know, I expected to walk into, you know, if you could think about one floor over the cuckoo's nest, right, where there's a circle of people. 
and there's a nurse ratchet kind of facilitating the discussion. There's all these crazy people sitting in a circle. And I was going to walk in like the cool Jack Nicholson character, you know, and sit down and in short order, I realized I was the crazy one, you know, and, um, and I was so glad that when I walked in the, the, the chairs were all arranged in rows, you know, and the speaker up front, people were taking turns sharing, you know, and in the analogy I used, I felt like I was being wheeled into the emergency department, you know, for, and they were all my nurses and doctors and everybody there was to take care of me. They were coming over and making me feel welcome and sharing me pictures. Somebody walked me over to the, the um, literature table, handed me the 20 questions and said, um, you know, you might wanna read these, you know, see if you're a food addict. So I picked up the 20 question card and I, my eye went right to number 19. I didn't even read to it. I just looked at, you know, figured I'd do a sample. 19, number 19 said, have you lost weight in another program, but you're still waiting for your life to begin? Have you lost weight in another program, but you're still waiting for life to begin? I think they changed the wording since then. But I said, yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's not about the weight. My problem isn't my weight problem is my life. I want my life to begin. I want my life to resume. You know, back to where I, where I started getting off track when I was younger. So I got a sponsor and I started working this program. Very short order. I said, am I going to do this program? Or am I going to really do it? So I said, I'm going to really do it. So I started getting my food in order. And then I got my tools in order. And the tools were so important, you know, connection with people and growing and into my better self and, and, and doing service. I mean, that's, those are the things that got my life in order, you know. So I got my food in order, got my tools in order, and got my life in order, in that order. So today I'm 67, but I feel like 30. You know, I feel like I've kind of picked up where I left off when I, before I got off track. And today, you know, I have this big life and small body. <laughs> I'm back to that. You know, my weight is the same weight I was when I was in high school. I have an active lifestyle. You know, I play golf, go on a lot of adventuring tours with my better half. You know, we are getting out a lot, bringing our cameras, I'm into photography, go bike riding. I still do Xbox. I picked up a bass guitar. I started learning how to play bass guitar. Now I'm playing weekly with other people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with a wonderful partner that I met that's helped me raise my kids. I was just blessed with a wonderful woman in my life. You know, my kids and now my grandson, you know, I'm there. My, my relationship with them is so, so close. I'm blessed. And I'm very active in FA. That's the biggest part of my life right now. You know, I try to do service and give back wherever I can. At the meeting, the member in the meeting level, I sponsor people, I speak at meetings, whatever I could do. I have to give back what I've been given through this wonderful program, through the wonderful sponsorship I've been blessed with, with the wonderful um, fellowship that I have with people. It's a program of recovery. I get 
to be back where I belong. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.